Governor Ned Lamont has pretty much run Connecticut without state lawmakers since March. I don't think that we have King, you know, King Ned, as, as some are calling him. I don't see it that way. Lawmakers handed Lamont the authority to rule by executive order at the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. How's that worked out for 2020? And where do we go from here in 2021? I'm Ebon Udana. WSHU's senior political reporter. I try to make sense of local and national policy by talking to the people who are directly involved. Coming up on Capitol Avenue, what to make of Governor Ned Lamont's rule by executive order as lawmakers return to Hartford for a new legislative session next month. His current emergency powers expire in February. The reason we said let's do it in February as opposed to January is we wanted the legislature to be back in order to deliver a basis to have a chance to look at the 70-plus uh, executive orders, think in a thoughtful way based upon where we are in COVID in January, uh, what should continue past February and what shouldn't. First, we made it through 2020. What a year. And through our second season of Capitol Avenue together. This podcast is made possible by you. Contribute today online at wshu.org and tell them you heard this message on Capitol Avenue. And thank you. It was only a matter of weeks after the COVID-19 pandemic arrived in Connecticut for the state to be totally shut down. Lawmakers passed legislation in the wake of the shutdown to allow the governor to run the state by executive orders. In September, lawmakers extended those powers until February. Lamont says he's humbled by the authority he now has. This is a, a situation where people have to have a sense of direction, have to have a sense of confidence, have a sense of trust that we're um, doing the best we can in a really complicated situation to keep you safe. The problem has been is when we first started this emergency, the governor talked to us very frequently, two or three times a day before making a firm decision. That's outgoing Senate Minority Leader Len Fasano. He says the problem is that some lawmakers, Republican lawmakers, feel that Lamont failed to include them in all of his executive orders. We don't even hear from their administration, and we find out about these rules post-decision uh, when the press finds out. And I don't think that's what we're supposed to do. Lamont defends his actions. I tried to keep to my lane. I tried to say whatever... Um, I do on an emergency basis. I do in the name of public health and related to COVID. People wanted me to shut down gun stores or, um, you know, tear up labor contracts. That's not what this is about. These uh, powers are about emergency powers to keep you safe during a fast-changing COVID situation. Senate President Martin Looney leads the Democratic caucus. He believes Lamont has been prudent in his exercise of his emergency powers. The Emergency circumstances that uh, we faced beginning last March uh, necessitated uh, powers to be concentrated to some extent in the executive because the the legislature as a deliberative body um, has to has a process that it has to go through in order to uh, create laws. That process takes some time. But he says lawmakers are back in Hartford next month and will review the emergency situation. The General Assembly will be in session starting on, on uh, January 6th. So we will have that discussion as we get closer uh, to the expiration date of the current declared emergency. And that date is February 9th. Joining me now is Gary Rose, 
professor of government at Sacred Heart University. He believes running the state by executive orders has helped enhance Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont politically as a capable manager of the state. Because there's been a, a legislative committee that has authorized the governor's authority here, I think he's on pretty firm legal ground. Uh, that said, I would also suggest that in addition to the, uh, the statutory um, authority that he has been given, a reading of the uh, state constitution could also, uh, could also suggest that inherent in, the, um, in his role as chief executive, he also has the authority to issue executive orders to deal with, uh, with crises, health crises such as this. Since he's on firm legal ground, what are the political implications of uh, the, the legislature pretty much gave the governor the authority to do this right at the beginning of this pandemic? But later on, there was some concern that they weren't being brought in on a lot of the actions that the governor was taking. What have the political implications of this been? The problem with the extension, even though I do believe it's his authority is rooted in the statute, is that it was uh, not accepted by the Republican Party. And that's a problem. It does look as if that this is largely a, a partisan move that's taking place that is empowering him. And so, you know, perception is reality. And while uh, the, the law is on his side, uh, I don't believe he's done a very good job at all of making this a, a bipartisan uh, decision. The fact that, how has he compared with other state governors in how they have handled uh, the executive powers during this pandemic? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because Governor Lamont right now uh, actually is, is rated quite highly among uh, state governors in this country. At one time, he was rated quite low, but he has, he has certainly come way up substantially in terms of his handling of this crisis. Interesting about this is even though Republicans are very critical of his performance, he does seem to be more even-handed than some governors elsewhere, such as out in California and in New York. Even though his, his power has been broadened over the years, I wouldn't say that he is exercising, you know, draconian measures over the state of Connecticut. Right now, what's on the table is that uh, in February, they will review where we've been and see whether to continue with the executive orders or to now have the legislature take over the day-to-day -day promulgation of, of right. uh, laws to deal with, with the situation. What do you think, considering where we are with the pandemic right now, what do you think would happen in February? Well, you know, I, I've always been one who has favored uh, restrained government and limited government, yet at the same time, we do have chief executives who are supposed to manage crises. And crisis management nationally and even at the state level has, has never really been the responsibility of legislatures. It always has been the responsibility of presidents and then governors. And then when you go even lower, mayors and first selectmen. And so uh, in order to increase efficiency, in order to keep as much politics out of it as possible, it has to be in the hands of the governor.
So how has Lamont's rule by executive orders worked for Connecticut? If you ask a political scientist, the executive orders during a pandemic is a no-brainer. You can't turn something like the, the coronavirus over to the state legislature because it, it's going to be too divisive, too deliberative, and, and who knows what, what kinds of decisions will be made. If you ask state legislative leaders, they just want to be part of the brainstorm. It's not that we purport to have 187 legislators vote on it. That obviously cannot happen. But you can do that by talking to the leaders. If you ask the man himself, it's the truest test of a governorship. I welcome the challenge and the opportunity to make a difference. This is Capitol Avenue from WSHU Public Radio, making sense of local and national policy by talking to the people who are directly involved. To keep an informed community, tell your neighbors about WSHU's Capitol Avenue. Spread the word by rating Capitol Avenue wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by J.D. Allen. WSHU's web editor is Dave Eisenstatter. Terry Sheridan is WSHU's news director. And Tom Kuzer is WSHU's program director. I'm Ebon Udama. Thanks for listening. Until next time.